Welcome to another episode of Through the Web uh, with me, your co-host Tosif. And me, Dagogo, which uh, we're coming through the web this time. We are literally coming through the web uh, at each other, at you, whoever's listening in, and an audio, because this time if you can see us, we are not in the studio, because our good friend and producer, Brayden, has uh, caught the spicy cough. <laughs> that is correct. On the the Going around. So, uh, hopefully we're going to recover soon, so we are not in the studio this week. Uh, which is a bit of shame because, you know, it's always nice to, to do this face-to-face. I think we, we mentioned it every time that we took a bit of hiatus or a bit of a break and then got back to the studio. It always feels different, always nicer. Um, but, you know, we are committed to giving you the best show possible by any means possible. <laughs> so uh, we are here to, to yeah. talk about stuff. So how's your week, Lugago? Yeah, um... It wasn't too bad, just really just like doing a lot of videos because uh, I'm leaving to Europe. If uh, I don't know if we've mentioned that on the podcast, but yeah. Uh, maybe briefly, maybe briefly. Yeah. So I'm, go- I'm going for about three weeks. Um, so yeah, so just, just kind of trying to smash those all out. But yeah, haven't been too bad, been pretty pretty good. Um, how about yourself, Torsif? What's, what's the um, Yeah, pretty, pretty good week. Uh, very busy. Um, I do have an update from a tech front. I have taken a decision, and it's to go with a Chromebook, and I've uh, got that Chromebook. So what? What? Like, I'm I'm interested. So, like, how far have Chromebooks come? What's your take on it? Uh, my main motivation for getting a Chromebook over a, a Windows laptop or a MacBook was that you know I was going to mostly do this, use this for light, like like light work, light professional stuff, emails, document editing, uh, and everything I do is on Google Drive, right? So it just made sense to have something that is would be the best for it, and Chromebook, given that, you know, it's, it's on the Chrome OS, they also work seamlessly with Google um, Google Drive stuff, just, just made sense for me. So I went ahead and got it, and just setting up was just a breeze, man. Just all it needed was my email address, put my email address in, and, and straight up, that's that's it, really. So right. um, so yeah, I think I think um, for me so far it's been okay. It's only been less than twenty four hours, but I'll mm-hmm. give an, give an upgrade. But the well, update later. But the the interesting thing is, it was actually a comment from through the web that um, you know pushed me towards the decision a little bit more, and it was from uh, Dino Rodriguez. Uh, I think it's the same person who you saw yep. you keep seeing on your thing. So, so he said yeah. uh, on the last. This is this is I mean, this could very well be my comment of the week at this stage. But he said like, um, "May you'll be fine with a Chromebook, hundred um, percent." I run an entire business with Chrome OS, perfectly fine. And I was like, "Okay, you know, like I was a bit torn over the last few weeks." As I mentioned in the last podcast, I was like, okay, "Should I get it? Should I not?" And that comment kind of pushed me a little bit more towards. So, it's right. it's awesome how the community kind of informs things back to you and. <laughs> Um, you know, it makes you know things. So thanks, uh, Dion, for the for the recommendation, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, it'll it'll be good. Uh, should be good. It's uh, I've seen enough reviews yeah. to say it's, it's an okay piece. So yeah, no, I guess if you're just using it for those kind of tasks where it's um, you know document heavy and uh, researching, script writing, all that kind of stuff, yeah. no GPU or C- CPU load. I think yeah, I think it's a, probably a good choice. So is it? It's I'm guessing it's touch and. Yeah, it's a two-in-one. It's a two-in-one thing because I right. I would like to kind of do some you know uh, drawings and, and things of that sort sometimes, 
as you would have seen my scribbles uh, during during certain meetings. So things like that would be easier for me to kind of just have it all all on, on like you know digitize it. So that was another reason I wanted to twin one as well. So yeah, got a like, okay. Lenovo piece. Um, hopefully it, it runs well, run, runs well. So have an update maybe a few months down the line. We'll see how we go. Okay, very nice. Um, did you yeah. end up getting uh, ordering your MacBook then? Well, uh, no, I haven't ordered it yet. I'm still, yeah, obviously it's a couple of months down the line when I can get it. Um, but yeah, I'm still deciding on whether I should go for two terabytes or four terabytes of SSD. So um, mm. yeah, once I make that choice, then I'll I'll go for it. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable just, just how little supply there is. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I I keep watching. I'm still watching videos, yeah. man. On like on MacBooks, you're on the like, whole rabbit hole of reviews and unboxing. Yeah, right yeah, and just just little details on um you know how they perform uh, versus the M2 and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's very interesting. And I feel like um yeah, it's it's what I want to get, but just got to make that final decision. So fair enough. Um, anything interesting you watch other than I guess reviews? <laughs> um. Yeah, there's, there's bits and pieces. I did watch a uh, Verge kind of review on the Amazon robot. Mm-hmm. There's there's an Amazon robot that's basically an Alexa on wheels with a few extra functions. So it roams around the house and has a camera and yep. can, uh, you know, uh, answer questions, play music and do certain things. But, um, yeah, it, the the takeaway was it's, it's cool but a bit pointless. Um, and... You know, I, I didn't know I didn't know that existed until I watched that video, and um, yeah, it kind of makes you think like we're at that stage where these kind of things are possible, and you know, they don't cost thousands of dollars. It's kind of interesting to to see we're at that point. But I think you know the use case and the um, I guess the consumer sentiment isn't quite there yet, but uh, still very interesting nonetheless. Mm, for sure. Um, for me, though, I didn't really watch much else uh other than just reviews like yourself on on chromebooks um but one thing i do that you know when i'm busy and i don't watch stuff is i go back to like favorite adverts if that makes sense so i watch a lot of you know like i've got a lot of like nice collection that i have like a playlist of of nice ads that i would would like uh, you know either they're they're cinematic or just overall, I feel are, are good, quote unquote, short films in some ways because they think about it a lot and, and they're quite unique in a lot of ways. So I've got a list of you know either sport based or just different different versions of, of of them, and I was going through a lot of those because they're like short and kind of makes you think about about I guess the the product and also the the time when it came out. A little bit nostalgic as well, so you know how you'd have like a, a tech related advert that you might have. It might have seen everywhere in the 2000s, and when you see it now, mm-hmm. you go like, "Oh, this is not right. nostalgic." Right. So I'm gonna play this of those kind of things. So I just come sometimes kind of go back to them when I've got short amount of time, but don't have a lot to watch, kind of thing. Speaking of that, a little bit. So I'm doing a video on Windows Phones. Yeah. Well, not Windows Phone Seven, but Windows Phone in particular. And there was this ad that was running a lot. Well, I'd heard about it. People were talking about it at the time. I don't know if you remember that one where it was. Uh, I guess Android users and uh, uh, iPhone users that were at this wedding, and they began fighting over like their different operating systems and taking like jabs at each other. 
Okay. Right. Um, and then, yeah, they, they all just started fighting with each other. And I don't think I've the, seen that. The tagline was like, that. don't fight, switch, and then Windows phone. Um, yeah, but the thing is, like, it was extremely tacky. Like, very, <laughs> right. like, no offense, but very American. Uh, you know, yeah. American comedy, how it's like sometimes. Um, but, yeah, that brought back memories because yeah. I hadn't seen that. Um, what? For, like, yeah, almost 10 years or something. So, um yeah, I get what you're saying. Obviously, the, the ads that you're watching are better quality, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, but I remember the tagline. I think that the, the whole Switch thing, mm-hmm. like I remember the tagline that Windows used uh, a fair bit. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 um, it's something that I do um, or watch TikTok. It's, it's one or the other. <laughs> Whenever I got a small uh, amount of window. Um, what is your comment of the week, if you have any? Fahimation, and it says... I'm personally super excited to use Dali someday. Can't wait to make the first animated short films made from AI. So um, I think that's a, a kind of the direction it's going and it kind of highlights just people's imagination using Dali as a tool. Um, I, I, I was, that, that kind of reminds me. I was watching a few videos on um, Dali because it just kind of came up and it was um, a video by this graphic designer who was kind of talking about will Dali kind of take the industry by storm and kind of make graphic designers out of a job. And he had a very interesting take on it. It was basically no, because the job is a lot more involved than most people think, but certain aspects will be completely steamrolled. So the one one he gave was um, uh, stock footage, not stock footage, stock imagery. So uh, Mm. essentially getting stock image, a stock image for the particular purpose you need right now is it can be expensive or you know, um, quite painful to go through all the process of it, but, you know, just typing exactly what you need and getting it um, in high quality was something that he said would be, um, yeah, would be kind of taken over by AI. But, yeah, also the other point he made was that some of the other aspects of, um, you know, graphic design involve person-to-person interaction, so actually understanding the brief, um, figuring out what they mean and going back and asking questions and um, thousands of iterations and any small detail um, that they, the client wants, you can put in. So these kind of things aren't, you know, immediately under threat. But the, where I kind of tend to disagree with the overall premise of the video is that um, this is like, you know, the baby step. This is like a one-year-old, like as in Dali, the AI side of things is like a one-year-old. And, um, you know, any kind of um, tweaks that people want to make to the process or any kind of... Um, changes and modifications or improvements that the um, uh, OpenAI or any other company decides to put in could, you know, at what, all at once just take away another swath of, um, yeah, of the industry. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's great for people that aren't artists and or maybe even people that are artists in, in the sense that they can get, like, prototyping done more quickly. But um, I think it's just, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how people use this non-professionals especially because they kind of come from a different different angle yeah. so um yeah so what, what that comment said just kind of uh sparked all of that but um yeah very cool to see what people do with it yeah no for sure i think um i think i i know that know the person who commented as well so it's uh i think it's fine who did that but it's and he's an, he's an animator himself so I, so i think that's that's where the connection is being being built so it's it's cool to see how it's it's kind of opening up people like anybody who's a creative how it's kind of opening up this new pockets of i think some people feel threatened some people feel excited mm. so i think you're drawing the line that you know there's there's 
there's that element of that I think would be, would be cool to see how that plays out mm, one thing I recently got into was mid journey so I don't know if you if you know that but essentially it's something similar to Dali um, I only got it this week and it's been a super busy week so I don't have anything to update but hopefully by next uh, episode when I'm back in the yeah, studio yeah, I should, have a, I should have, a, have a good good thing so maybe I could actually get prompts from the community so look if you're listening in maybe type in comments of what you'd like to see me put it on, on the mid journey side of things and then we'll, we'll put it up uh, for you to see in the next next episode so um, yeah quite excited about that about that myself yeah. My comment of the week's um, other than Dino's one is, is from Anch Bagania. He says that I think before we plug in the D, the iPhone will remove the port, which I thought was very interesting. Um, would we ever get a portless phone that's that has no ports whatsoever? Possibly, but I I personally think that it's going to take a lot of infrastructure outside of the phone industry to get there. So, like, for example, mm. you know, at airports, what do you do? Um, you know, when you're in a car, what do you do? This, yeah. You know, all of this has to be wireless, and that's just going to take a long time. So I think the phone that does that first, it would be seen, instead of, you know, stunning and brave, as, uh, as Apple called removing the headphone jack, I think it would be seen as quite a disadvantage um, mm. on the consumer side. It's just going to be such a massive inconvenience um, at this point anyway. What do you think? I think if we're moving more towards that standards standardizations by governments and things of that sort where big tech also kind of starts playing to it, I think we could get to a future where uh, there's no ports and charging is, is standard and all that kind of stuff. I think that might open up, but that's, I know, uh, probably years Wait. and years from so now. So you're saying, well, when you're saying governments are getting involved, yeah, I guess, yes, with the USB Type-C thing, but... When you're talking about wireless charging, are you saying governments will get involved with a standard for wireless charging everywhere? Or yeah, like imagine if, like as I said, like if somebody's in the airport or in the car, right? Like, what if everything around us is being dictated to a point where it's just a plug-and-play kind of situation, right? It doesn't matter what phone company or what phone you have. There's something within the car itself that's standardized. You know, like we're moving towards EVs. Um, as well. So, what if all the EVs have a, a, a slot where you just put the put the thing in, and, and that's it, right? Um, so, yeah. so I'm thinking like very way ahead of time, maybe five, ten years from now. I guess, but yeah. nothing in the immediate future. Because, yeah, I guess like there's there's older cars as well that you got to deal with. And, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, that's just the same argument about older headphones, right? They can't put 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 them in the in the newer, newer thing. So I think that's the, the phasing out of, mm. of things. But I just thought that that comment kind of opened up a lot of things in my head. It's like, oh, if, what if they do remove the port altogether, um, you know, for for everything? How, how does that future look like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. But um, I, I ultimately think, yeah, like that's, it's a long way away um, if that, yeah. that does yeah. happen. Speaking of ports, though, um, just one quick note about the Chromebook. You can charge it from both ends, which was new to me. I don't know if already. So the, usually all the laptops I've used, you can only charge like power it from like one side. This one has two USB-Cs on both sides. Right. So right. that was awesome. Like okay. I've always faced like how sometimes I have to change my entire orientation while using laptop. So 
So that was that was, that was cool that I, that I thought with with that one. But I'm sure this probably exists in, in other laptops that I'm not aware of. So moving on to the to first topic, which is a bit bit light one, and and kind of drawing in from the whole iPhone side of things. So. Chris Evans, for those who don't know, is Captain America, probably the more popular role that he's played recently um, from, from the Marvel Universe. So he posted an image on Twitter and Instagram where he said he's finally upgrading his phone from an iPhone 6S, which is known to have way more ports than the usual uh, phones do today, <laughs> so there's that. But he posted that, that phone um, phone's image saying, you know, rest in peace, iPhone 6, as we had a good run. And then um, he said that he'll miss the device's home button. <laughs> and he also posted to what appears to be an iPhone 13 Pro on the side uh, as well. So he, the way he kind of, you know, addressed the whole thing is that he won't miss the nightly charging battle with the iPhone 6S. So I'm assuming it's been what? It came out in 2015, 2016 now? So looking at a seven-year-old phone, mm. um, it's it's brave of him like to to kind of keep it going for seven years. I don't know, uh, especially for someone I would imagine as a celebrity uh, yeah. who might need it for you know calls and meetings and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, I guess that yeah. we're talking. I think we did talked about this, but how like you know Apple devices seem to to last a while. Um, but 100%. but yeah, I I think you know when you're at that stage and that's kind of all you need then it's all you need. Like, if it works, it works. I, I wonder what the transition would be like for someone who's been using it for for seven years. I think, I I, I don't know, like, what's your upgrade rate right now? Like, it used, how often it used to be once every year, then it got to once every two years. And then this, I've had my Galaxy Note 8 for, like, yeah, coming up four years now. So, mm. um I'm kind of getting there as well. It's just, it yeah, works. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, like, because, I don't know, I, I actually don't feel the need. Yeah, now that I think about it, it's kind of just, uh, except I guess the camera, the camera could be a little better and I found that um, Agreed. it's, it's yeah, lacking. Yeah. But, you know, it's it. Yeah, I saw the images from the trip. Uh, they weren't looking too bad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's you know that's when you notice it when you travel, which I haven't been doing so uh, until, until recently. So maybe then maybe it's time to upgrade as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, staying on the phones topic, um, <laughs> this one you're gonna love. Uh, there's a new crypto phone that's coming out. Uh, when I say crypto phone, so Solana, which is one of the the, the coins. Is making a crypto phone with help from um, former Essential engineers. So Essential used to be uh, a company um, which was also being, being renamed and repurposed as well. Um, but the phone previously known as the Osom OV1 uh, was built by a team consisting of, of these engineers. And the device is for people entrenched in the universe of crypto wallets, Web3 NFTs. And it'll come with a unique feature, which is support for decentralized apps that rely on the Solana blockchain. Mm. <laughs> Arts, I think I think even in uh, that little description that you read out, it had every single buzzword <laughs> that can be put in Web Web three decentralized crypto. Um, DAO. Yeah. So you know, obviously, I I wouldn't support or endorse anyone getting this device. Um, it, it, yeah, it looks like it's just um, 
a, a cash grab of some kind. I don't I don't really see the functionality um, in a Web three purpose phone. Um, but look, it's people going to do what they what they do. I yeah, I think I'm mostly negative on this. But uh, you know, what, what about yourself? Uh, I think we're going to start seeing more and more devices like like this, where it's it's serving very specific purposes or targeting a very niche community because it's it's not, it's going to be cheap you know it's obviously going cheaper to make things today than it was 10 15 20 years ago so you won't have the you'll still have the big players but you'll still you'll start having these smaller companies who cater to a very niche um audience a niche community where it has one primary functionality um for example a nothing phone for example is is probably not as niche as, as the Solana, but but that is targeting a, a certain demographic, um, which is, is smaller and not the mainstream, similar to this, the Solana crypto phone, which I think will probably um, start, you know, other coin companies wanting to do similar things. Uh, and you could have like, you know, future, future um, specific brands doing, doing something similar. I mean, we kind of saw it with, you know, like Red, yeah. Wanted to do like a ca- camera phone and, and gaming companies wanted to do a gaming phone, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So. Uh, I wonder if the timing of this has anything to do with it. So if, you know, it's kind of like a rat's leaving the ship kind of thing. So crypto is mm. completely down at the moment, Obliterated to, to, right to put now, it yeah. lightly. And uh, maybe these, these guys are looking to diversify a little bit. But I'm also interested in what the these so-called unique features are in terms of... Um, uh, Web three and decentralized apps. How how that's how that's different from any other app that you could have on the, I guess on the web on the blockchain that but you can access through your phone. I'm, I'm interested to know what their unique selling point is specifically for that um, reason uh, that that aspect because that's kind of their main selling point. So um, yeah, I think I think that it, it's it's going to feature more frictionless experiences. So right now, if I wanted to get into anything you know related to blockchain or Web three or crypto. I'd have to go through multiple steps, multiple parties, multiple, um, you know, authentication methods. Maybe this phone, hopefully, is very secure and does all that instantly. Mm. Um, that that's something that I think could offer some value to people who are are really into that that world. So uh, I do see again some purpose if if it's done right, if it's done done well. But uh, you're right. I think it's just the timing of it just feels a bit bit shady right now. Or maybe they had planned anyway, and they're just going, just just taking with it, and um, the the downturn isn't uh, affecting them. Which is, you know, kudos to them for sticking to their guns. I guess we'll see. What if it's like the the Escobar phone or something where it's like it's all just a scam. Oh yes, this cover phone. <laughs> Damn, that 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 opened up a, a, a you know a bit of a, unlocked a memory in my, in my head. I remember doing seeing a few reviews of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was it again? Like like this random company just just started um, making these S cover phones after Narcos. Yeah, like it out. was it was complicated. I, I think it had something to do with some member of the Escobar family, but it right. was a scam because I think it was supposed to be a gold plated iPhone or something, but. Wasn't really yeah, 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 it's hard, yeah. hard to remember, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, not the greatest. Hard. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I vaguely remember it. Um, no, still on the topic of, I guess, I don't know, uh, high end gold investments, 
high-end gold-plated <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, so Rolex um, investments have been, and Patek Phillips timepieces have been performing really well. There's been a surge of price as, as investment pieces over the last few months, specifically. So um, the, the Bloomberg did a piece on this saying that an unprecedented price surge for the most sought-after second-hand luxury watches is showing... Um, signs of, of, of going up and maybe settling down a little bit after some owners uh, there's actually a chart which i'll which i'll, which I'll put up on, on on the video but it's actually quite interesting to see the the trajectory of these different investment classes um and and how like some of them like especially cryptos just haywire <laughs> and then you've got cars like vehicles which are very steady which i thought was very interesting because you know you usually are told that cars are really bad investments and so forth. So uh, that, that was an interesting thing to see. And, and of course, seeing these timepieces um, go go up in value over the, over the years. So what, 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 like, would you say that that's something that people will also be going more towards now that obviously we had like this whole bubble of NFTs, of digital uh, investments. Uh, I think there's a lot of doubt in that market right now. Um, it almost feels like people are wanting to go back to the original, like the OG mm. <laughs> um, NFTs in some ways, because these aren't particularly of of, of utility in, in, in a lot of ways, but they still work well as, as investments. Like think of sneakers, right? The whole sneaker culture is, is insane. Um, just holding on to a, a few pairs, you could be making like five, six, ten times the original retail price. So... Yeah, what are your thoughts on, on this whole whole circle yeah. and whole um, I think it's um, it's just a matter of the uh, it's a sign of the times, I guess. Like this could be seen as you know a, a safe investment in a way. Like it's not um, that risky because everyone kind of the Rolex watch trade is, is it's always seen as something that holds its value. So maybe it's maybe it's seen as a store of value in the investment sense um, because we're coming out of all of this risk where people were just throwing money at, at anything and it was, prices were just going up. So um, it was it was that was just the way it was done. But now that the market's kind of changed, I think maybe people are looking at more traditional value assets. And this uh, the watches just you know they, they've always kind of been there. Like people collect watches, you know, art um, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it's just a, a, a symptom of that, really. Um, I don't find it that surprising, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that it's it's making such headway in recent months. I think the timing alone should um, kind of tell you what's going on, because a few months back, that's when everything kind of shifted um, in the financial world, I guess. So having mm. these rise at that same time, I think it's just a, a difference in in investment strategy. For these guys anyway. Yeah, quite interesting, isn't yeah. it? Like, on, on also holding on to uh, like how the comeback of gold, for example, mm. um, where people like gold's an interesting one, isn't it? Because there's always been two parties consistently saying, "Ah, oh, gold's crap," and someone saying, "Gold's the way to mm. go." Uh, and I think recent times, it's it's you know people are kind of pushing more towards um, gold as well. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know like how, how these, these class systems are, are yeah. kind of so, going towards. So gold is an interesting one because, um, yeah, for thousands of years, it's been seen as, as real money. That's the only kind of money. And then, um, yeah, in the, in the early 70s, 1971, it kind of, 
everyone was on the gold standard, so everything was backed by a certain amount of gold. So the US dollar was backed by gold, and then everything was backed by the US dollar, so it was still like pegged to gold. But then after 1971, the US dollar um, depegged itself from gold, so it was just floating, and they kept printing as much as they want. So the people that are gold mm -hmm. bugs or the, that believe that gold um, you know, will come back is essentially just saying that it's still seen as valuable but um, compared to US dollars, like the, the balance has gone way out of whack since the 70s. So if there was anything that was to happen to say, hey, look, gold's still um, a valuable commodity, then the price would shoot up because recently there's been steps towards that. So I think it was a year ago or two years ago, gold became a reserve asset officially, um, you know, but I guess all the global right. banking um, uh, bodies came together and said, yeah, gold is like, I can't remember what it was called, like what they named it, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a reserve asset officially now. So it's kind of making the steps towards that. But I don't think we'll see a gold standard. But I think it might play more of a role than it has been. Um, and uh, if, you, if you follow the gold bugs, they're quite disappointed because like with all this inflation, the, the function of gold is to kind of combat that and to, to raise in price okay. to accommodate for it. But it hasn't happened. So there's questions about why that is. Um, you know, you can go down the conspiracy route saying that JP Morgan's, uh, you know, making all these gold contracts that are not real, like digital yeah. gold contracts and flooding the market. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of think about these things. No, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I, guess, I guess that's where the, where the story ends. Uh, as we move on to the next one, which is about uh, not gold, <laughs> uh, more towards digital stuff. Uh, but this is a super interesting one because uh, it, it's about AI and its capability, not capability more so, but how we frame the idea that if, if AI is an entity that can have rights, right? So so the UK's intellectual property office has decided artificial intelligence systems cannot patent inventions for the time being, is what they're saying. Uh, so patents um, basically assign the ownership of a new invention to its to its creator. Um, so current law allowed humans to patent inventions made with AI assistance, um, despite misconceptions. misconceptions. So last year, the, the the court of appeal ruled against Stephen Thaler, who said that his Davis AI system should be recognized as an inventor in two patent applications for a food container and a flashing light. The judges said uh, by a two-to-one majority that with the IPO, which told him to list a real person as the inventor, um, and said that only a person can have rights, a machine cannot. So the idea is that this one person wanted to uh, have his AI listed as an inventor uh, because he felt that the, the AI had a big part, a big role in, in that um, intellectual property. Um, but the court says, nope, the AI is not a human and only humans can have rights and AI can't. So that to me is, is an interesting uh, place we're at, right? And especially with the whole <laughs> Lambda conversation we've had over over, over last few weeks. Um, I think as these things become more and more quote unquote sentient, or uh, mm -hmm. if at all, um, it, there will be this whole class of uh, legal repercussions, right? Like say, if it, if if an AI is doing certain things, what does tell about intellectual property? Like say, even with the Dali example, um, I can anybody can have a prompt to have a, have a text, right? 
who holds the intellectual property for what gets spat out, um, especially if it's an, an, an open source coding that allows anybody to to get that information and create that AI to make that stuff, are we kind of really opening up that whole Pandora's box that about, about IP and, and things of that sort? So, I don't know, I just, I just thought this just brought up a lot of questions in my head as well. How, how would that play, play in, in the future? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, okay, say like for DALI, for example, there's certain functions where you can say, do this in the style of such and such. So, you know, that, that particular example, like um, there's a thing called latent space in AI where you can drag from one, one point to the other and then it's increasingly making itself to be more like the style of this artist or whatever. And it's like, at what point is it infringing on, you know, the, the style of that artist, if you want to, you know, call it that. Um, and it's like, is there a clear point? Can you define that? It's like, not really. Um, so I think the court probably... Um, it's thinking pretty logically here and saying that, um, you know, if you have a computer that's helping you do something, then um, it's essentially just a tool. And like, we've never given a tool um, rights or like, you know, uh, you know, the computer that does the computer aided design and designing some kind of new, I don't know, scroll or gadget doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have any part to play in that. Um, we just say we as humans, we had the original idea and we just use this tool to, to create it. Um, but when AI becomes more advanced and, you know, who knows what's in the future, like maybe things can get even more murky than they are now. Um, and who knows? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's very strange that, that we're at this, this point where we have to have a court case to decide um, if an AI could, uh, could have, have copyright. So, I don't know. So, so when, when uh, Blake, uh, you know, the guy who... who claimed the engineer google engineer who claimed that uh, lambda was was sent in he had a lawyer to represent mm -hmm. lambda as well didn't he? so 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 how how did, did that work out i didn't follow for it follow it later but but do yeah, you so know I'm, how I'm the, not, that worked out i'm not too sure about like what the outcome was but um yeah like all i'm aware of is, is he pressed for lambda to be represented um and i don't know if it was completely thrown out by by the court but um mm. yeah so i think we're going to start seeing more and more of this um because this is just the early point when people are like, hey, this thing kind of seems like us. And then, you know, eventually when it starts yeah. doing stuff where it's like, wow, that's, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought, you know, a computer could think like this, then, uh, you know, all bets are off, you know. So, you know, you might start having like lawyer AIs that are defending the other AIs. I was going to say, like, like now, soon enough, the AIs will have their own AI lawyers coming to represent them. Yeah, so... um yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's just a matter of like navigating this, and I guess we can put precedents and, and things in place to make sure that things don't get too messy. So people can kind of look to what the UK has mm. already done and say, hey, there's precedent for this. Let's let's continue down this path and then maybe modify a bit. But if everyone kind of throws their hands up in the air and just you know is stunned at what's going on and doesn't really work together on this, I think we'll be in a more chaotic situation. So I guess time will will tell with this one. So, so Meta's um, chief product officer, Chris Cox, uh, sent uh, an internal memo where he was warning of quote-unquote serious times and preparing for leaner second half of 2022. Uh, so he said that I have to underscore that we're in serious times here and the headwinds are fierce. We need to execute flawlessly in an environment of slow growth. 
where teams should not expect vast influxes of new engineers and budgets. Um, the room also talks details about Reels and Discovery Engine and, and, and AI and all that. And I think over the last few weeks, there was also another leak about how um, Facebook will was looking to mimic the TikTok Discovery Engine um, and, and implement it on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so doesn't go in-depth about that, but still talks about other, other things. But that part of the memo was was being widely shared um, online and I think it, it's also as you meant, as you keep saying it's a sign of times it's just that this there is a wind of of caution there's a wind of that the next six to twelve months won't look very good for for the economy um, I mean Netflix just laid off 300 more people uh, by the way that just this week which is on top of the 150 they did in May um, and that is still with continuous subscription losses, right? Um, so the the whole idea of of, of people losing jobs seems to be uh, finally hitting hitting at, at full speed, and, and it just seems like Meta is trying to prepare um, to go for a lean approach over the mm. next six to twelve months. Yeah, um, I saw a graph the other day of the layoffs in in the past few months, and I think there was like very little twenty twenty one like December. Um, November, December, then January, February came around, very little. And then like March, April, like as soon as the interest rates started going up, it just piled Ooh. up and then, yeah, now it's insane. But the thing is, most of these companies were the high-flying ones that benefited most from, you know, the money printing and, and the cheap debt and all of this. So it's like mm. right now, it's literally just a reversion to before the pandemic, essentially. And then um, it'll probably go, well, definitely will go a bit lower than that. But, you know, it's just undoing all of that waste that was there like it sounds harsh but um a lot of these things wouldn't ex have existed if it wasn't for um a lot of money slushing around out there um and you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard for meta specifically because they're on the one hand they're they're battling um tiktok and their ma massive growth and they're nowhere near in the position you know instagram People are even kind of, there's a sentiment that people are getting tired of it um, in a way. Um, yeah. I've, I've been seeing that. Yeah. So on the one hand, they're battling TikTok. And then on the other hand, no one, no one likes them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they're pushing into VR and, and all of this other stuff. But it just seems to me that there's a lot of fronts that they have to work on at the same time. Um, and it's, it, it's, it couldn't be easy. So um, th this isn't surprising. And I think it's going to get a bit harder for them. Yeah, um, just yesterday I was on TikTok and there was, you know how there's this whole uh, meme angle of Instagram versus reality, you know how, how that, that thing. So on TikTok there was just like this this thing about Instagram and then versus reality. And the top comment was, who still uses Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Question mark. Uh, and, and it made me think like, yeah, this, this is such an interesting statement because the whole idea of that Instagram versus reality, like the whole meme of it is based around the entire platform, right? Like how something's very aesthetic and, and visually pleasing and, and all that kind of stuff. And Instagram just completely moving away from that. And it's just, if you go on Instagram now, it's just yeah. reels and videos yeah. and stories, right? Which is a full diversion away from the ori yeah. original product. Um, just in a few days ago as well, I had an, I have an artist friend um, who's really mad um, on Instagram on his stories, basically having a go on Instagram saying that, hey, I, you know, I don't see photos at all anymore 
on my thing and he's mm. a photographer right and he used to use instagram primarily for mm. for those kind of things so you're right i think that sentiment's building up as well not just for instagram but now for facebook and i think they're taking all these different approaches i don't know if it might work it might keep people on but just this week i saw that that facebook groups are um trialing and experimenting a discord like setup so of course discord's popular so now they're trying to understand that okay why is this called popular let's try and pick what what might work on the, on the facebook yeah. groups sort of things right then we, yeah, we're so, going to see a lot of again, changes um, uh, on, on both sides which which could be interesting like they could do something that really hits and works yeah. that because they they it's, it's like they're just deciding where to go they have this huge kind of like legacy user base where people are kind of around yeah. but it's not really hitting but if they can find something that works uh, could be interesting remember that facebook dating thing that was <laughs> that was was there a while ago i don't know what happened to that um i think it was a couple of what, what, what yeah there's a couple of years ago like facebook in one of their uh facebook ios or whatever their co developer conferences they they unveiled um there was a yeah oh yeah i vaguely remember yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. what happened to that um but uh just going back to Instagram for a second, another thing that I'm seeing, like even on massive, um, I guess, company profiles like um, uh, CNBC or, or whatever, like those scam crypto comments, they're like taking over and it's like, it looks really bad. It's, it's um, for, for a lot of, a lot of things, like some, there'll be like this important post on something happening in finance or whatever. And it's like, invest with me I'm because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's like 10 of the first comments. So yeah. many of these, yeah, and there's so many of this everywhere. Like on Twitter, I get constantly tagged on crypto stuff, um, just constantly about like NFT, like new yeah. NFT releases, and and I don't know how they do that, um, but it's just mm. so annoying to to get that. And even on our videos, I was just showing you know, on our on our WhatsApp group, um, on on through the web podcast, like there's um, like somebody who would seem completely normal be like, oh, I just got four thousand dollars through this, like you know. Sharon, someone, and there's been like 27 yeah. comments underneath yeah. all different profiles. And they and, and what I did was I kind of checked the profiles, they are like from 2015, 2016. Um, so they aren't like new profiles either. So these are either you know hijacked or dead profiles or people who don't use it anymore. Um, and they just look at so they make mm. it seem real, and that's why they bypass the spam requirement of that. You know, like if you create a profile straight away and want to comment or do something you can't mm. there's like a waiting period of 30 days or something so that's why i think they're getting more clever as well they're going back to using these random profiles and commenting on, on youtube mm. and elsewhere so mm. yeah it's, it's everywhere it's everywhere youtube twitter yeah. instagram um but it is, it is what it is uh just on the note of of um layoffs and, and employment situation so uh, interesting story of of this one Burger King employee uh, who's been at his job for 27 years uh, and you know he, he worked as, as a cook and a cashier at Burger King in um, in the Las Vegas uh, McCarran International Airport and he went viral this week where he posted a video of uh, what was supposedly a gift bag that was sent to him by Burger King for his 27 years of service and he basically you know, never missed a single shift either in the 27 years, which is incredible, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but even though he seemed to be thankful for the gift, uh, that that gift bag, which essentially included, was a Starbucks tumbler, um, a candy, so I, like, like, see what I'm saying, one candy, uh, pens, and a movie ticket, 
just just one movie ticket, right? Um, and although he seemed to be, again, you know, be, be thankful in the video, even though some people said he was being sarcastic, but um, but users on social media was like, it doesn't matter if he was being sarcastic or not. The fact is, this shouldn't be the the thing a, a big corporation gives to a, a, a loyal employee who's been at yeah. it for twenty seven years. Uh, and some some comments were like, just couldn't you even get them at least two movie tickets? Like, get them to take someone with yeah, them. Like yeah, yeah, one yeah. movie ticket surely is just too cheap, right? And it went viral and everything. And I bring this up because. After he went viral, um, there were lots of you know GoFundMe donations, and and he's he's racked up you know uh, a good few thousand dollars um, through people kind of coming together and, and helping him in this in this situation. Even though he was too humble to kind of be like not not really out there for it, but um, again, it goes through the power of the internet if, if people want it. But also how corporations uh, treat uh, employees, especially in these yeah. times, right? <laughs> It's it's an incredible twenty seven years. Like I think it's it's maybe for on Burger King's part, they're just not expecting someone to stay there that long, so they don't know what to do when they, when they do. Um, but the thing is, yeah, it's almost, it definitely is insulting. Like this is it's like almost my entire life that that long you've been you've been uh, yeah. dedicated to one company, not missing a day. Um, it's something like it's. I'm almost speechless. Like you know, one movie ticket, lolly, and a tumbler. It's like, well, <laughs> what is that? Like, so I don't know. Um, it kind of does show that maybe yeah, you're just a cog in a machine. Um, you make those burgers, and that's it. That that's really it. Yeah, and that's one thing that they all say, right? Like, especially with these big big corporations, that you know, some some people go crazy about dedicating their life to to doing that stuff, which which you should. Like, I think work ethic is important. But at the same time, if you drop dead during one of those shifts, they'll be upset for a second, and they'll put up a advertisement for replacing you the, mm. the hour later, right? Um, and, and, and I think that's that's the, the model that they've been successfully been using over the years. And... It's it's sad, but it works, and um, yeah, I don't know how else to kind of say it. Like like how at, at least the bare minimum that they could have done is, is is have some sort of a program where where they 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 give that return to the loyalty. So I think these layoffs paired with how you treat uh, your your employees for big companies will i feel this is something we spoke about in our first episode about the, the great resignation um i think that there could be a revolution in terms of how how workers feel about their 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 work right um it's i know we were independent creators right now but yes i just i just feel that that the value of, of human time and human work is just being just yeah it's just going away very 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 mm. easily um but then that begs the question like would would tech replace some of these things and do people need to be in jobs at all yeah right? so. it raises some big questions but like on top of you know people getting fired and not being appreciated like now like you're, you're getting less for the work that you do your, your dollar goes a lot less further so yeah. um yeah people are going to be upset i feel um 
And what that leads to is, I'm not sure, like whether we'd have a, a new wave of people just trying to start their own businesses that they've been thinking of doing for a while, or people just giving up altogether and um, I don't know what. But it, it's going to be, um, yeah, I think there's got to be a change. Maybe corporate will get, I don't know if it, it's going to trickle back to corporate and they're going to have to change like either their their methods of dealing with people or their pay or something. But um, yeah, something's got to change, I think. So we are uh, going to end the episode there, but we want to kind of do a few more comments from our previous videos because I think that, that even though we don't do a Q&A every episode, just having a back and forth with the community is pretty awesome. So we'll, we'll, we'll address a few more comments from our, from our previous um, episode. One of them is from RW Ball. Um, where he is recommending, uh, uh, you know, considering a certified refurbished Apple MacBook Pro 16 um, inbuilt anywhere after uh, 2018. So apparently it's a 16 gig RAM, one terabyte SSD, and works perfectly for video editing and stuff. So that was something for you there to go to, to consider. Would you, I don't know, uh, well, refurbished? Refurbished, yes, but like if it's before M1, if it's still an Intel system i'm not even considering it um i just feel that uh the difference is just too vast and you know with fan noise heat dissipation all that kind of stuff i don't want to deal with um especially for recording it's very important for me to not have um fans blurring like this dell laptop right now it's taking off like it's a jet so i don't i don't want that um yeah fair enough um this other comment is about, about nothing phones, and there's two interesting comments about nothing phones because we, we spoke about it in the last episode. So one's from, from Enticing Eats. He says, uh, when it comes to nothing phone, I believe it will be huge, but it will also take a little time for everyone to change phones in the Android space. Then after a few, few years, everyone in the Android world was, is using a design like that, and Apple will adapt after seeing the success. The, ultimately, people are hungry for something that's a little bit different. Okay. So I thought that was an interesting one, but then... Xavier Jones says, um, uh, another great episode, uh, I co-signed that the nothing phone will fizzle out, especially if aesthetics is the main draw. Tausif is going to pay up in next June. <laughs> talking about the bet. So uh, we'll, we'll, we will see Xavier about next June uh, and also the go-go because he's yeah, on yeah. the same team. Um, no, yeah, I, obviously I agree more with the second, second opinion because like, I, I think honestly, like if your opinion is that this phone will start a revolution that will trickle into the wider Android space and then Apple will come along and, and copy it. I think uh, very little chance of that happening, um, mainly because it's from the view of a tech enthusiast. Like, you've seen this phone, you've been hearing all the buzz and everything, but you go out and you ask the average person about nothing phone, they have no idea. Like, they, they wouldn't... It's not like the revolution that you know, the original iPhone was where everyone kind of heard about it because Apple already had that, you know, that they, they came with them um, before they had the iPod and it was like, it was everywhere. And then people were waiting for the next big thing from the next, uh, from the biggest company essentially. So um, I think the nothing phone is in a small corner of the tech enthusiast market. So um, the probability of it changing the entire industry, I think is, is quite low, but you know, this is my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's just, that's just what I think. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, Deepesh Malhotra also said that um, they, the nothing makers forgot that 75% people uh, or over 
prefer a back cover on their phone. So the LED on the on the phone actually won't make a difference. Well, it's it's you're right. A lot of people do, do use as a cover, but I think they'll also come up with a transparent, um, clear cover that you can buy from Nothing Phone. So that could be a way to to contract. Um, lots of comments about about uh, the USB D situation, but we're gonna I guess wrap it all up uh, with a few comments about the weather. So um, Bart S says, uh, you know, he's from the um, he or she from, from the United States, Northern United States. It's not shoveling snow right now, but it was a high of mm. twenty seven degrees in yeah, summer. I, I, so a high uh, yeah, of twenty seven degrees. I think degrees. I said, you know, if someone was to watch this later. Uh, it, when it was winter, so I, I didn't mean right now, but um, yeah, yeah, y- yeah but uh, of course, of course. twenty-seven degrees—that's eh, pretty. That's eh, nah. <laughs> for Australia. It's not. Uh, Pierre Armand Lalonde. Uh, Pierre Armand Lalonde says that it's summer in Canada with twenty-two to thirty-two degrees um, Celsius with no snow either. Okay, yeah, but I think uh, it, it just seems like uh, there's they're enjoying. Summer, but look, I'm I'm gonna actually put a clip of what the winter is right now. Um, it's actually incredible how how crazy this week's been uh, in terms of quote unquote. Yeah, it's winter. like perfect so, perfect um, blue sky. The sun's out. It's like it's it's incredible. I was I was out on a walk yesterday, and I was like, I just took a second to kind of take it all in, and like. <laughs> what, what is this? You know what I mean? Is the sky so blue? Not a single cloud. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is what it is. But I guess that's where we we yeah. end the show. Do leave comments like this. I think we could do a segment of of just you know going back and forth yeah, with the community. We, we love this, um, especially ones where they help yeah, me get yeah. a Chromebook. Well, yeah, so. to the to the guy who uh, uh, suggested refurbish Mac. Thanks for that. Like, yeah, uh, it's a good suggestion, but just not for me. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think that that just about ties up the show. So um, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you again soon for the next episode. Cheers. Bye.